You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. In this podcast, you'll hear insider tips to sidestep stress and walk into your wedding season feeling educated, confident, and empowered to discover your bridal vibe and wear it with style. Mama with a Paintbrush is an online shop filled with modern mama and baby lifestyle essentials. Owner Madison effortlessly handpicks premium baby and taut necessities that are quality products you'll love while remaining at an affordable price. She also creates personalized signs, baby announcements, and so much more. All right, where are my brides to be? You don't want to miss out either. With her experience and creativity, Madison also designs gorgeous wedding signs that can be rented here in Western Washington. Don't waste time on the DIYs and stress about selling off your wedding decor after the wedding day. Madison provides you with gorgeous signs and detail at a very affordable price. You can explore more at mamawithapaintbrush.com and also stay in the loop on her Instagram and Facebook. All you have to do is search mama with a paintbrush. Welcome back to another episode of Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. And today I'm really excited. Okay, I feel like I start so many episodes by saying I'm really excited, but this episode I I genuinely am. I'm really excited. It's something new. We're starting a Q&A tradition here, and this is the first episode that we'll have questions from our listeners. So super excited about that. I, um, I asked my listeners on Instagram if they'd be interested in submitting some questions that I could address, and there was interest. So I posted on my stories, and I asked questions from a bridal perspective. I asked for questions from a seamstress perspective, and then I kind of opened it up to anybody who was a listener if they had any questions for me that I could address. And I got some great feedback. I chose about five questions to address today, and um, we'll see how many I can get through. (laughs) I know I want to keep this episode still pretty short, so hopefully this will be the first of several successful Q&A episodes, and I'll have to get a little creative of how I'm reaching out to get these questions. So this is from my Instagram followers, and thank you for your feedback. Um, We're going to start with an easy question. Yeah, nothing too embarrassing. We'll talk about bras and stuff later. So the first question will be, do I need my wedding shoes before starting alterations? Perfect question. Um, So this is all gonna depend on the kind of alterations that you have done or um, what kind of seamstress that you work with. So I talked about this in an earlier episode that there are two different kinds of alterations experiences that you could have, right? So the first one is working with a general tailor or seamstress. And in that circumstance, you would like drop your dress off, have one fitting, and then you'd pick it up a few weeks later and you take it home easy peasy. If you're working with someone like that, where you only have one fitting, absolutely bring your shoes with you. You need them to have any of the hem work done. Now, if you're working with a boutique service um, seamstress or a bridal alteration specialist, most of the time you will have three fittings, sometimes four. And if that's the case, there's a little bit more flexibility for you to wait on your shoes. Uh, To give you an example, just this week I had a bride who, because of COVID, she wasn't even sure where her wedding was going to be because she had plans to have a beach wedding and then you know things were kind of up in the air so either she was going to get married on a sandy beach or at a park locally and be married on like pavement 
So obviously that would depend on what kind of shoes she wore, right? So her first appointment, she didn't have any shoes because she didn't know what to expect for the wedding day itself. And then this past week, she came knowing exactly where her ceremony was going to be. And based on that information, she could bring the right shoes. So I was able to work on the hem at this past appointment. So for her first appointment, before she had shoes, that's when I took up the straps and I worked on bus support. We took in the sides of the dress. So I did a lot of work up top um, that had nothing to do with the length of her dress. So to answer that question, if you need wedding shoes the, during your first appointment, it depends on what kind of alterations you're getting done or who you're going to. I mean, ideally, yeah, bring your shoes first appointment. But there's a little more flexibility if you're going to a boutique specialist, um, somebody who works specifically with brides and offers several fittings. Okay, um, the next one, do I need to wear a bra with my dress? This is an awesome question and I try to tackle this with all of my clients. I tell them, do not buy a bra before you come to see me. And here's why, you want your dress to completely take care of all of the support needed for you so that you don't have to wear any additional undergarments, any extra layers. I even tell brides, if they absolutely need Spanx, okay, get a pair of Spanx. But if there's any way that you can sidestep Spanx and just wear the dress as is, that is gonna be so worth it because your dress will be so much more comfortable if you can breathe in it, right? So Spanx aside, let's just, I guess, stick to the bra question. <laughs> um, I always offer bust cups to be sewn into the dress and I always offer bust cups to my clients. And a lot of times brides will be like, well, I don't really wanna feel busty. And that's the, the, okay, I love bust cups. I could go on and on about how much I love these things, okay? They literally change the, the fit of your dress, the way you feel in your dress. So they're not put in there to give you cleavage or to even like, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Give you like a push-up feel. They want, <laughs> they want like bust cups have like a will. They don't. Um, the purpose of bust cups is to secure everything within the dress so that you won't be moving at all. That's what you want. So you put the dress on and nothing's gonna be moving in there. That's awesome, right? So you can move, you can dance, you can bend over. There's no fear of like anything happening. Um, they're seriously so magical. And so sometimes brides will have this look on their face like, I don't really want any more bust. And I'm like, girl, I know, just trust me. And they're, it, it's magic. So um, I sew the bust cups in between the layers of the dress. So they're between the lining and the front of the dress. So in other words, you don't even see them, okay? And you zip up your dress and um, you can ask specifically for a push-up bra cup, not because you need a push-up bra, but because that creates an underwire feel. And that is what makes everything stay in place. So nothing is slipping where it shouldn't slip, if you know what I'm saying. Nothing is gonna be like creeping down to your belly button. Everything will be, oh, I can I, don't, I just like lit up when I started talking about bus cups. They're just like that magical. So um, don't buy a bra before your first fitting. Ask your seamstress about bust cups and um, make sure you get the right size. Always go bigger than your own because you want full support and full coverage to fully encompass everything. Okay, I'll just leave it at that because I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I could clearly go on about bus cups, but I'll just leave it at that. 
Okay, the next question, how hard is it to add sleeves to a dress? Oh my goodness, this is such a great question because sleeves are one of those things that like, they're so special on dresses and um, you don't see them very often. Like I see a lot of straps and like thick straps or even like off the shoulder straps, but long sleeves are rare. And um, I don't know why I'm still kind of surprised that I'm waiting for that trend to really pick up. I've seen more this year, but not as many as I would assume. So Anyways, adding sleeves um, is a great option. It's easier to add sleeves if you already have straps on the dress, okay? Because the straps are there, so basically you're constructing sleeves and attaching them to the straps. So it still takes a couple hours or a few hours, but it's not like as intense as making straps and sleeves. Okay, so say if you start with a strapless dress, right? your sleeves are going to have to attach to something so you're going to have to make straps and then you want to have a certain look with the straps are they going to be sheer are they going to be lace it's just this whole thing okay so adding sleeves to a strapless gown is a big project it's certainly not impossible but that will be a decent investment i should say if your dress has straps that's definitely more doable i mean it's a project but at least your sleeves are going to have something to like attach onto, <laughs> right? And there's already that like initial structure there. So okay, the most important thing that you need to know about adding sleeves or really adding anything to your dress is to find matching fabric and ordering extra fabric from your dress's designer. You can do that through the dress shop. They always have that option. Um, if you try to like source your own fabric at like another fabric store or a craft store, you're not going to get the same quality and it's not going to be the same color. Oh gosh. So order additional fabric if needed. Always order it through the dress shop and um, they can even contact your seamstress for you and work out the details of how much yardage is needed. But um, that's always the first step. If you're going to add something to your dress, make sure you have the exact matching fabric. Okay. Um, the next question has... Uh, nothing to do with uh, bridal alterations, actually, but this is a really good question. Why do you host markets at your shop? <laughs> That's a great question because, yeah, I'm a bridal seamstress, so why am I having like craft shows in my <laughs> boutique? Well, I sell knitwear and flannel scarves during the fall and winter months, and it is so much fun for me because those things have nothing to do with weddings, and so when wedding season slows down, it's really fun to have this like alternative creative outlet. I actually have a team of knitters and uh, we prep in our leisure time throughout the year, knitting and prepping for craft season. And then fall and winter time, um, I participate in local craft shows and school bazaars. It is super fun. And when I got the keys to my own brick and mortar, I knew one of the first things I wanted to do was host a pop-up for local vendors and local small businesses, particularly women-owned businesses that they sell things online, maybe they have an Etsy shop and they need an in-person, um, real-life uh, shop experience, right? So I, my goal was to have a pop-up every couple of months at least and just feature local businesses 
If you're a vendor and you have experienced craft shows, then you know what I'm about to say. Like sometimes you have great experiences and sometimes you're like, what did I sign up for? And who are these other vendors? This is weird. <laughs> it's like, you're not really guaranteed a good experience, right? So I wanted to create a really pretty space for vendors, number one, and um, have it be like, you just bring your things to sell, I'll help you set it up, you know, I'll do the marketing, I'll help bring the people in, and you just display all your awesome crafts or whatever you sell. Um, and I, I love the idea of business startups and women-owned businesses, and so this is a really important thing to me to bring the community together and support local businesses and try to find new businesses that are just starting off. I think of like what I would have wanted a few years ago when I first started my business, I would have wanted somebody to really pour into me or like pick me out and feature me in a, um, in some kind of like boutique pop-up, you know? So that's what I'm trying to do with, uh, the markets at my shop. So if you're local, please stop by. I actually have one coming up this next weekend, uh, for Mother's Day. It's Saturday, May 8th. And um, we have eight vendors, so we're gonna be crammed in there, but it's gonna be awesome. And they're just really like beautiful, beautiful businesses, like really well-made things. And I, I, I really intentional of choosing well-made gift items to, you know, represent in my shop. So anyways, okay, that's a kind of a long answer to that. But that was a really good question because yes, especially if you're not local and you're like, okay, I'm following this girl because she's a, a like a bridal seamstress, but why does she have pop-ups? That doesn't make any sense. So I hope that answered your question. And um, I'm really excited for the fall and winter season coming back up because then I'll be selling my stuff there too. So I don't think I'll be selling anything this weekend for the Mother's Day market. I'm just going to be hosting, which is really fun for me to have the host job. Okay, our next question. Why are bridal alterations so expensive? Oh, this is such a good question. And even better, this was submitted by another seamstress. <laughs> so she totally knows what's up because she's been asked this question a time or two. So I'm going to try to address this. Um, I feel like somebody else could answer this better than I could, but I'll, I'll give you my two reasons or why I think that they're so expensive. The first one being... Your wedding dress is one of the most important purchases of clothing that you're going to purchase your whole life, right? And you're going to invest a lot of money um, of time into finding the right dress. It's a big purchase and you're entrusting somebody to cut it, um, open it up, rip open all the seams and put it back together to look exactly the way that you purchased it and to fit your body perfectly. So if you think of it that way, the investment is so worth it, right? If you're spending like $2,000 in your dress or heck, even like $600 in your dress, that's a big purchase and you are giving this precious item to somebody and you're entrusting them to do all these things to it that you don't wanna watch them do because it might freak you out. <laughs> and then you're trusting that you're gonna put it back on, it's gonna fit you perfectly. I think also the, um, the value of your dress is more valuable than like your average pair of jeans that are going to get hemmed, right? You bring in a $30 pair of jeans, jeans and they're going to be hemmed for like $18. Okay. Well, you bring in a $1,500 dress and you're not going to be paying that 
a comparable price to what it would cost to raise your um, the length of your jeans, you know, just because the item itself is so precious. Um, also, the second reason is that um, bridal sewing is such a specialized niche. I know some people say niche, but I say niche. It's such a niche in sewing and it does take particular techniques, skills, abilities, and um, you know, when you think, it's kind of funny, a lot of times I hear the phrase, oh, it just needs to be taken up a few inches, or I just need an inch taken on the sides, or I think I just need a bustle. It's like, okay, think through what does it mean to just do something that kind of makes it sound like oh it's just super easy just do this right and um when we're taking in an inch you know on either side of the dress you know i'm not just sewing an inch wide line you know or like a straight line i'm not sewing a straight line i'm taking the i'm opening the dress i'm removing the lace taking off the beading going through all the layers taking it in an inch and then putting all back together so that you don't even know that i cut your dress open right and um I will tell you that there are some seamstresses that don't know how to do that. They don't know how to take the dress apart and then put it back together so it looks flawless. Um, and that in itself is the skill of bridal sewing. And finding somebody who can do that really well for you, it is 100% worth the bill. And I gotta tell you that when I, I don't know if I should tell you this, but well, like when I first started focusing on bridal sewing, I was like, I remember having a hard time putting together invoices because I thought this is a lot more expensive than the average alterations that I was doing for, you know, for my friends before when I was like hemming their skirts or like, you know, taking in their jackets or whatever. So I, it's not that I'm scoffing at this question. Like <laughs> you're asking why it's so expensive. Why wouldn't it be expensive? Like I don't have that attitude at all because I know that I love a good bargain. Okay. And I love saving money on stuff. And I know that these invoices can be pricey, but also I also know the time that goes into each of these dresses and I know how special these dresses are to these women. So I take time to protect them and to do my best and it is more intense than I guess average alterations and there's just kind of a lot more like heart and soul that goes into the bridal sewing as well. So. Um, all right, um, I think that covers all of the questions. These were really great ones. And so I'm hoping to tackle a few more Q&A episodes in the future. So I will be putting out polls on my Instagram account if you wanna follow me at Sweet Francis Sewing Co. And um, look for those opportunities, reach out. If you are like one of my current clients, I'd love to hear your questions too. Or if you're just a listener and you wanna reach out, there's a way to contact me in the show notes. Okay, thanks for tuning in and you'll hear from me next next week. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a review. Thanks everyone.